the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday. You know what that means. It's the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And we're here to take your phone calls and to answer any questions that you have. And it's not just me today. My beautiful wife, Paula, is live in studio with me. And she really knows stuff. So, ladies, this is a day not exclusively for you, but particularly set aside for you. If you have any questions or need any encouragement about something you're going through, 340-9585 is the number, 340-9585. You can also call us toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app to send the questions, and they'll get here immediately if you are driving in your car on this cold, wet day. We've been out, Paul, and there's been a bunch of crashes and yeah. things going on. Crashes, somebody crashed in front of us. Look, nobody was there, and it yeah. just crashed. So uh, please be safe, but you, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app, uh, the hands-free feature, and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time, 340-9585. It's been fun hanging out with you. Well, thank you. I, I like hanging out with you, too. Good thing, huh? We're married. We're stuck with each other, right? <laughs> I'm blessed with you. You're stuck with me. No, I'm blessed with you. Uh, you know, so many years ago, uh, I said on that very first date, huh? wouldn't it be nice if we grow old together? Let me, let me give you a visual, because she always leaves out the most <laughs> yeah. important part of the story. We're at the beach. Yeah. It's March 21st. 1970, we met the night before mm-hmm. when I knocked mm-hmm. on the door of her house and mm-hmm. she opened it. We fell in love. Mm-hmm. We were at Newport Beach in Southern California and we're walking along sort of the, the, the storage front place, you know, there right at, uh, on the beach. And um, there was a really old couple. Now, they're probably younger than we are now, but, but they, just, so. no. they just looked really, really old to us. <laughs> Um, and, and it was, uh, you know, at the beach, a, a guy had shorts on that were plaid shorts. They were had long black socks and black shoes. The, the shorts were up under his chest. Uh, you know how, as we get older, I don't know why our pants get higher, but, but that's exactly, there, there, he had a hat on that looked like it was 200 years old, and he and his wife, her in a sunbonnet and completely covered mm-hmm. from the sun, mm-hmm. they were holding hands. Mm-hmm. And Paula, because she cries at game shows, she cries at everything, with a tear in her eye, she said, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could grow old together like that? See, you jinxed us. We did. We made it. <laughs> no plaid shorts and no moo-moos and sun hats, though. And your pants aren't up, up, up under your... 
your chest yet. <laughs> if, if you die before I do, that's how it's gonna my be. My pants going up to my chin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, Lord Jesus, come quickly. <laughs> oh man, no. Um, you know, after Thanksgiving, people keep asking me, "So, how was your Thanksgiving?" And I said, "Well, I had three, three uh, requirements. You know, that lots of people come, have lots of food, and nobody gets sick. And so far." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we we didn't get sick, so, we didn't get so, you're sick, so we're good. But hey, yeah. by the way, before you get started, um, it's, you can do it today. Leave, relieve me of the responsibility. Talk about the kids' play coming up and our Christmas dinner. Ah, uh, yeah, the kids' play. In fact, one of the kids who you know comes in here and prays for you, and on this day they pray for Mama Paula too, so she don't mess up. Um, one of them said, "Oh, this is going to be such a good Christmas play. I'm so excited." Well. Friday the 15th, is it at 6.30? 6.30 at Judson Performing Arts Center. And, you know, I love the fact that um, Calvary Chapel San Antonio is a poor church, but we do everything for free. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I don't love the fact that we're a poor church. Yeah, no, we're rich. I tell people all the time, <laughs> you know, you look around the building and stuff, we look poor, but... Boy, the people that we have, that God has totally um, enriched us in marvelous ways. I'd much rather have the great people we have than uh, all the money, uh, seriously. And so this is my family, Pastor Ron, and, and my church. So if you call my church tacky, I'm going to be a little upset with you. But uh, <laughs> no, it is kind of a tacky-looking place. But man, the treasure. It's like a palace when you come in here. Um, and so anyway, one of the girls said, oh, this, this Christmas play is going to be so good. And um, it's it's one of the highlights of our year. I, I think this is one of your main, mm -hmm. your main one, huh? Um, but that Friday at Judson Performing Arts Center, 6.30, it's completely free. Um, bring Christians, unbelievers, uh, family members, friends, even people you don't like, you know, say, let's, I'm going to take you out. E even the kids will give an invitation at the end. So some of the people that you invite who aren't saved, they're yeah. going to have the opportunity to give their heart to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, mm, what a, it's a magical time because from the littlest kids up to even those who've graduated from here and some returning um want to still be a part of this Christmas play. And this, the senior class always does something special. I don't know what they're doing this year, but um, I'm really looking forward to it. So, And then that Sunday, the 17th, after... Uh, no, that's one, one week from tomorrow. The Christmas play, yeah. yes. Well, oh, that's right. It's already one week from tomorrow. Okay, so one week from tomorrow, Christmas play. Don't miss it. You'll regret it. Will it be live-streamed? Mm -mm. Yes. Oh, it will. Oh. I just... LF, okay. See, to me. you got to ask. You have not because you asked none. So I asked. But it will be live streamed. Praise the Lord. So if you are really um, one who can't get out and get there, uh, that's good. But just like coming to church, you just get so much more out of it being connected with the people. So next Friday, 630. And then Sunday. Man, that's a good day, too. Because even though... Sometimes I'll say, I don't have to cook. No, I'm cooking a lot. Um, but we get to share, and other people cook other stuff, and we get to share that, too. That's um, the annual Calvary Chapel Christmas dinner at the Schertz um, Civic Center <clears throat> at 4 o'clock. And that's free, too. So uh, if you if you want to bring food, fine. But if you don't, that's fine, too. But bring um, unsaved people. And you can tell them, hey, you want to go to a free meal with me? You know, don't lie to them or anything, but it's going to be a free meal. Um, and they'll, they'll probably say, well, who's going to be there? Well, there's going to be some really nice people there. Are there going to be Christians there? You bet. And they're going to love on you. Will they try to convert me? Well, yeah. Don't lie to them because that's our goal. But who, who turns down a free meal? So anyway, don't be shy. Ask them. That's, that's, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, people are kind of afraid to share the gospel. They don't know how to, you know, how do I, how do I, how can I be used to get people saved? Well, bring them to a free, a free meal and then leave the rest to like somebody like me. Hey, I don't know you. You saved? So 
Don't be shy, bring them. Great fellowship, great food, and um, there's tons and tons and tons and tons of people who will be there as well. So that's a week from this Sunday as we get uh, um, into the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Okay, Paula, 340-9585. It's cold. You're probably at home, so pick up your phone and call or toll-free 877-630-5757. Paula, what's on your heart today? You know, last night I was... As I was writing, and <laughs> my writing is so scribbly, but I was just thinking, you know, sometimes we, we think about Passion Week and um, Jesus walking to his death, his face set as flint, and um, the whole time he's, he knows where he's going, and he's not going to change his mind, but as he's going, he's continually ministering to people, you know? Um, but then I was thinking, you know, here is Christmas coming, What's Jesus doing now? You know, um, he's in Mary's womb. um, And I was just thinking how when we have the babies here, Pastor Ron and we we go over to the hospital and sometimes the babies are all cranky or or just kind of a little fussy or even if they're not. Usually the mom will ask me if if I want to hold the baby and I'm like, no, that's reserved for Pastor Ron first. And um, it, just just the way it's worked out over the years, you know. Um, and when the, when you start uh, praying or t- and talking to the babies, they always settle down, and then they look at you like, "I know this guy. I'm putting a face to the voice," you know. And it's that's such a, a sweet and wonderful time. But anyway, I was thinking about that, Jesus in Mary's womb. What are some of the things he's heard over these months of of being fashioned and formed in her womb? You know, stuff like um, people talking badly about her, you know. Um, but I was thinking more of Mary when she's alone, just singing songs to the Lord and thanking him for blessing her with this opportunity, no matter what other people might be thinking. Um she's overwhelmed with the goodness of God that he would send the Holy Spirit to overshadow her and give her this incredible privilege of carrying her Savior, Um, even though maybe she doesn't realize that right now, but that she's carrying the child of God chosen out of all the people. So I wonder how many times he's heard his mom um, either singing or, or just talking to God, thanking him for, this is awesome, and even thanking him for um, Joseph, who just loved her, you know, and is going to raise this child that's not really his, as though it's his, and and how much he loves her, and and Jesus had to hear their interactions, you know, Um, Mary's mom, you know, maybe being convinced that okay, I do believe you. It's been hard, but I do believe you, you know. No doubt one of the songs we'll hear from our worship group uh, this Christmas season will be the the Mary Did You Know song. Mary Did You Know. Yeah, and uh, do you want to sing the whole thing? No, thank you. (laughs) Okay. That's your baby boy was born to be the Savior. Yeah. You know, um, it's unfathomable to us to, to think about God condescending to become um, not just a human but but being placed in the womb of a teenage girl and then you think about Jesus learning as he grew Mm -hmm. and putting all the pieces together and these are just mysteries that until we get to heaven we'll never have answers to. Mm-hmm. But it's it's certainly something at this time of the year we're thinking about. Now, lest anybody think, well, we don't know Jesus was born on Christmas. Almost certainly he wasn't born on, on the day of the Jewish calendar that corresponded with our December 25th. Mm-hmm. But it was likely around this time of year. And the important thing is that we're celebrating his birth. And to, to, to imagine that he humbled himself to the degree that he became um, a fetus, a baby in the womb, mm-hmm. um, that Almighty God 
began in that most humble of times, mm -hmm. and then having been born into abject poverty and being privy to listen to all of the conversations during that nine-month gestation period, mm -hmm. um, Joseph and Mary, why, why did God choose us? This is hard, mm -hmm. but God chose us. Mm -hmm. and, and, and obviously, Mary and Joseph would have had a, a sense of, of gratitude. Well, I'm certainly a sense of fear. Oh, yeah. And, sure. and nervousness. Mm -hmm. But imagine what it must have been like for Joseph to look at Mary and say, God chose you. And I chose you. I must be like God, you know. <laughs> and you just think, oh, what a what a wonderful, wonderful thing that must be to consider. So we don't know what he heard, and we don't know uh, if he processed it any differently than any other baby in a womb. Um, we don't know what Jesus was like. You know, I, I often talk in the Christmas message about Jesus being born. You know, he didn't go through the terrible twos. Jesus mm -hmm. was perfect. Yeah. But but. You know, he had needs. Babies are needy mm -hmm. and dependent. And and for Jesus to um, consent to being 100% needy, dependent upon his mother and his earthly father, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's, those are just mysteries that are too wonderful to consider. Mm -hmm. You know, seriously, you know, when, when uh, Mary went to Elizabeth and Elizabeth said, you know, when I saw you, the, the baby in my womb leaped, you know. And you know, Jesus was with Mary at the time, right? And just, I wonder if, oh man, I'm going to have the coolest cousin ever. <laughs> well, John the Baptist was for sure. Um, but, but you know, Mary went when um, she, she had to process the announcement. Um, Elizabeth, the trip there was given to her sort of as confirmation. I know this is hard to believe, but go, your mm -hmm. your relative Elizabeth in her old age Who is, is having Mary. a baby. Yeah, yeah. And and I always think of Mary at that moment. Um, you know, we we Christians call it. You know, God spoke to my heart, and then He confirmed it. Mm -hmm. Well, God literally through the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary. Yeah. And confirmed it, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's one of those things. Did I really hear that? <laughs> did I see yeah. what I think I saw? How could these things be? Go to Elizabeth. Elizabeth confirmed the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's just some things that are so mind-blowing that, and, and this being a first and only, um, she, needed, she needed that confirmation, I'm sure. So anyway, God is just nice. It's just so nice. I think Christmas, is the, 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 the best thing about Christmas, I'm not a traditionalist in the sense that, you know, I don't have really great family memories of Christmas and I don't have, uh, um, you know, that lump in my throat and the tears welling up in my eyes just because it's Christmas. In fact, I'm, I'm such a creature of routine. It's as busy as I am. I need that routine. Mm -hmm. And Christmas sort of breaks that routine up. So it's, it's a time I'm always struggling. But, but for me, Paula, the best thing about Christmas is that uh, I can think about the, the, the wonders of the unknown. Uh, I, I think about um, the wise men traveling uh, and the long journey they made, uh, a journey of more than two years. Uh, I think about um, the reaction of the people where Mary grew up. Mm -hmm. um, I thought you were a good girl. Mm -hmm. We had such better hopes for you. Mm -hmm. And I think about Joseph, whose whole life comes falling apart in an instant when Mary says the unbelievable. I mean, think about this. If you're a, 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 a man and you're engaged to be married to this, this woman of your dreams, uh, tradition has it that Joseph was considerably older than Mary. We don't know how much older, but, but probably 10 or 15 years older. Mm -hmm. And um, this would have been most certainly an arranged wedding. And, and Joseph would take one look at Mary and he would think, I is a jackpot, mm. you know. That's how I felt about you when you oh, opened the oh. door. <laughs> Thank and, you. And so, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, and, and all of a sudden, all of the plans in his life seemed to be focused and everything was coming together. And in an instant, all that changed when 
uh, Mary delivered the news that I'm with child. Mm-hmm. But but I haven't been unfaithful, and, and mm-hmm. no man could believe that. I mean, the evidence of, well, you expect me to believe. Mm-hmm. And we know that Joseph went home, and Gabriel appeared to him as well. He needed confirmation. He needed confirmation. <laughs> yes. He really needed confirmation. <laughs> but But basically, Gabriel's message was, uh, Joseph marries everything you ever thought she was. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. In fact, she's been chosen by God. And mm-hmm. as you know, hearing the, the Christmas story taught so many years, uh, my favorite line, Mary saying to Gabriel before Gabriel departed, she said, may it be unto me as you have spoken, yeah. knowing the difficulty. Mm-hmm. Well, now Joseph was dragged into this mm-hmm. and Gabriel appeared to him. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife yeah. for the child that she's carrying is of God. Yeah. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. Mm-hmm. And I just think about that, and 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 knowing how practical a lot of men are, I'm thinking, how could Joseph wrestle with this? How could Joseph understand what he was getting into? Mm-hmm. But the one thing that he would have known for sure is Mary. I was right about her. Yeah, she is a good girl. She mm-hmm. is the one I love. Mm-hmm. And then he had to go deliver the news to his family yeah. and the rest of the people in the town. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I, I'm going to be with her. We're we're going mm-hmm. to be together. Mm-hmm. And there would have been pressure, peer pressure. Oh yeah, Either at least take her out of town first to stone her, but to at least you know get her away from here, you know. So, but yeah, I, I, that's that's some serious faith right there, right? Christmas is a time to concentrate on the wonders of the mysteries of God. You know, Paula, um, we've got just inside of five minutes um, for this half of the program. Um, Christmas is a time for Christians to be with their families. Uh, We exchange gifts. We have all of the Christmas trappings. But the, the most important thing that we can do as, as Christian parents is to share these wonders of the story with our children mm-hmm. so that they don't become jaded by this merciless um, marketing of what yeah. Christmas has become. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it used to be that Thanksgiving was sort of a sacred family day. Now it's it's uh, six o'clock. We open for Black Friday. It's not Friday. It's still Thursday. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, we need to sort of reinstall Thanksgiving on Christmas mm-hmm. with our families. Mm-hmm. And before we give one gift, uh, before we tell lies about Santa Claus, we ought to sit our kids down and focus on these mysteries. These glorious and wonderful mysteries about what Christmas represents. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we should lie about Santa Claus at all. <laughs> uh, we, I, unfortunately, we do, but... Um, yeah, I know what you're saying. John Heverling and I were talking about this last week um, because I had, a, I had a lady from a church out of state call me and say, you know, we're having a Christmas dinner thing and I, I'm, I'm calling you, Paula, for your your counsel. Um, one of the ladies wants to know if it's okay, you know, if we sing, let's, let's make it more fun and let's sing like Frosty the Snowman. I was like, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. That's karaoke. You can do that. Uh, you know, Frosty's all right. And John and I were like, oh, no, no, that's, that's absolutely no. So those things are okay, fun for little kids and stuff, but not not at church. We want to honor Jesus, and so, um, you know, we were talking. You know what? Let me interrupt for a second. The Christmas stories are fun. They are fun. The Christmas songs are fun. They are fun. And we don't have to make Christmas about snowmen and Santa Claus and all the other things. And yeah. we're we're really doing our children a disservice if if we focus on the wrong things. We're training them up in the ways of the world. I'm going to tell people on Sunday that we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, mm-hmm. rejecting the patterns yeah. or the schemes of this world. Yeah. And Christmas is a great place to start it. Yeah. Sorry um, for interrupting. No, no, no problem. I mean, joy to the world. <laughs> That's fun. Joy to the world because of Jesus. But anyway, yeah, I, I want to focus more on him. Um, he's the one that died for me. You know, we talk, tell the stories about Santa Claus and what St. Nick or whatever his name was. Back in the day, it's a good tradition or, you know, but to have Jesus, 
I mean, his his gift. I'm looking at at the pictures here in your office. Um, he gave he gave everything. He's the gift. It's not about me going and, and getting into debt. You know, that's the pressure. And and I, you know, for people who can't afford to buy a lot, man, if you could just give them Jesus. Yeah, there, there's so much pressure to spend money that we don't have, yeah. and um, the constant barrage of of marketing yeah. uh, this time of year makes it even worse and and parents and we know this from counseling for years Paula parents actually feel like they have um, uh, been mistreating their children uh, because they can't get them all the things the other kids get Mm -hmm. you know kids want their cell phones kids want their video games and that stuff is expensive they want drones and hovercraft things and all those kind of messes and no sit them down and that's the coolest thing about being a family in Christ because in the financial area in every area it's all a family thing and and the kids need to understand as well Uh, well we preached to them about Christmas didn't intend to that went fast hey ladies uh, 340-9585 if you have any questions or calls we'll be talking about something else on the other side of the break 340-9585 we'd love your live calls and questions you're listening to the date day edition of the word to stand up for life we'll be back in two minutes the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the very cold date day edition of the program mm-hmm. paula started shaking her head mm. we're wimps when it comes to go weather. oh my goodness and somebody asked and i'm not going to do guilt over it yeah no <laughs> somebody asked well the, wait, the waiter asked oh. today are you enjoying? No, it was, yeah. yeah it was. Are you enjoying this cold weather? No, he just said, "Are you enjoying this weather?" Oh, yeah, this weather. Mm-hmm. And I can't lie. Mm-mm. I didn't complain. It wasn't my no. idea. You just answer the answer the but question, baby. I said no. <laughs> you did kind of feel like that though, <laughs> and he just kind of moved on. It was uh, the manager, not the waiter, but yeah. Oh my goodness, no, we are not enjoying this, and the wind. And some of our friends, or some of our loved family ones, uh, they say, oh, I just love this. I'm so happy. I get to wear my sweaters. I love the coolness. I'm like, well, okay, but... That's hmm. when we have a cast a demon out service. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? I was thinking the other thing I was thinking about is the phrase, because you say so. And we've already talked about Mary, you know, I'm your servant, may it be unto me, as you have said. And and then Joseph, you know, okay, she is the one, she is a good girl because, you know, you say so. But because you say so, um, I was thinking, you know, Jesus said to the guys at the wedding, his first miracle at the wedding of Cana, he, he said to the servants, hey, fill the water pots you know, fill these jugs, water pots with water. And they didn't really question him, like, why? They just went and did it. Of course, Jesus' mother, you know, had told them to do what he says. Um, And so they went and filled him up, and then he produced the best wine of the day, Mm -hmm. of the year, of life. They got to be a part of a miracle. They got to be a part of a miracle because Jesus said so and wouldn't we all be so much better off if because what Jesus has said we would just immediately obey mm-hmm. okay okay and we got some more because oh, yeah. you said so mm-hmm. some really good ones mm-hmm. but let's take a phone call from our friend in San Leandro California Tanya calling Tanya you're not anywhere close to fires are you no sir but we're certainly praying for those that are affected by it there's you know the winds here you know here they pick up rather quickly so i've been uh praying for them and their safety and um i pray that they know the lord um yeah me too yeah out to them and and says hey hi mama paula 
<laughs> Hi, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm just I'm late to the show, so I just I wanted to ask a question. I, I need some assistance when it comes to so um, in our neighborhood, I, I I try to help out as much as I can. Um, being home a lot during the day, I help a lot of our neighbors. And recently, I've been um, in contact with a, a Jewish couple. And um, they're older, they're in their late 70s, uh, and I've been um, helping them with, you know, whatever things they need. And and I feel, I don't know if it's just the enemy, but I feel kind of strange, because I know that they don't say the or they don't write the word God. I don't even know how they um, discuss the topic of, of God. And when I speak to them, I, I always kind of hesitate, because I know they reject it, and they do go to temple. Uh, that I'm aware of. I don't know if they, they read, because I know Isaiah talks about uh, Jesus. And I feel um, I, I'm trying to find a, a, a way to, I don't want to push them away. When she says thank you for things, I always give credit to the Lord Jesus Christ. But sometimes I feel like that's kind of rubbing it in their face that they don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. So I don't know if this maybe something, some kind of, uh, maybe there's something in the Bible I can continue to read, or I just feel a little, um, sometimes a little uncomfortable, uh, because I know that they don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. So if you could help me with that, Pastor Ron, and I continue to shower them with love if they need, I want to show them our Jesus. I, I want them to know that he is he is the savior and and on the same token i don't want to make it seem like i'm rubbing it in their face if that makes sense yeah uh, tenya i i think you probably expect me to say this but don't worry about whether or not they think you're rubbing it in their face uh, you know you're okay. not you know you want them in heaven mm-hmm. and so don't really worry about how they perceive it you know when people are in their 70s um and i'm approaching it quickly um, they don't have a whole bunch of time. And your love and your kindness, you have shouted the gospel to them through your, th- through your heart to serve and, and your, your willingness to help. But at some point, it's time to sit down with them and say, can I show you some things about the Messiah that you're waiting for? Can I show you and explain to them that the only motive you have it isn't to argue with them about religion. It isn't to, 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 to prove that you're right and they're wrong. The only motive you have is that you want them in heaven. And I would start with the suffering servant passages in the prophet Isaiah. Uh, Jews recognize that that is a, a messianic passage beginning in, in chapter 50 of Isaiah, but, but all the way through chapter 55, they recognize those are references to the Messiah. They just uh, have them misunderstood. And Paul writes to the Corinthians that, that to this very day, the hearts of individual Jews are, are covered with a veil. And that veil is torn, that veil is taken away when they turn to Christ. And explain that if you'll just open your heart to the possibility that the Jesus I love, the Jesus I worship, was and is the Messiah who you are waiting for, the Prince of Peace. You want peace in the world. Every Jew does. We understand that you have been persecuted, that your people have been hated by the entire world. But so too was Jesus. And so it's just one of those things. Don't worry about it. If they shut you down, then you keep serving them. And what the Holy Spirit will do coming alongside them is say, you shut her down, but here she still is. She's still serving. She's still loving you. Her disposition or demeanor hasn't changed towards you. And the Spirit of God will begin knocking on the door of their hearts. But don't be concerned about uh, what they think your motive is. Um, don't get embroiled, as I said, in arguments with them or debates with them. Just show them who Jesus is. You know, I'm going to be teaching this uh, Friday night, tomorrow night, in fact, uh, Philip going up alongside the Ethiopian eunuch, and he's going to be reading from these very passages. And um, um, uh, Philip says, "Do do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I unless someone explain it to me? And Philip began right there proclaiming Jesus. We can do exactly the same thing using the Old Testament scriptures. Um, and we want him in heaven. That's our only motive. God appreciates that. And, and it doesn't matter whether people do or not. Paul, do you have anything you want to add? Nope. You did perfect, Pastor Ron. I can see why God called you. 
<laughs> I can too. I can too, Mama. Yeah, Danya, yeah. oh, I, I I totally appreciate you and, and other one. Your heart is so big and so pure. Um, yeah, don't worry about like Pastor Ron said. Don't worry about what they think about you. You know where you're going. God has you there, and and you know we had we've had people over the years say we would we don't want to really hear about Jesus. And it's like, well, I'm sorry. When I breathe, I'm the next breath I take is because of Jesus. And you know, for somebody to tell you or or me or or any Christian for that matter not to talk about Jesus, it's like oh, we'd have to deny that He's there in the room with us. And so that's just not going to happen. Right. And, and I thing. think you know the. Un- my unbelieving uh, uh, neighbors, uh, they're obviously very re- receptive, um, but just because this couple has said, you know, we are Jewish and, and we believe the Messiah is coming, and like you said, I don't get confrontational. I love them. I love them more. I, I continue to love them. And I guess that was the uneasiness I was feeling, and it was kind of odd. Like I, I couldn't understand why I was feeling that uneasiness because um, – I've had other people say, well, you know, that's great. It works for you. You know, I heard all those excuses and yeah. it affected me. But but I felt I know that God loves the Jewish people. They're his people. He protects them. And I just felt kind of, I, I don't know, I just felt like I wanted to call. And I asked, Marcus and I were talking about it, and Marcus said, why don't you call Pastor Ron? <laughs> I said, I will. <laughs> tell, tell Marcus we love it. Tanya, let me add one, one other thing as well. Um, you know, when, when, especially when people are, are old and if their health isn't really good, unfortunately, I've had even Christians say, well, you know, don't pound my mom and dad with Jesus. They don't want to hear about it. And, and, and you know what? I never listen. I never listen because the, the, the time is short. There's, there's an urgency. Right. And, and when you talk to people like your friends, uh, the fact that they're Jewish doesn't disqualify them from, from the, the promises of God. And, and, and I would just tell them the, o- the, only, the only way that the promises given to Abraham can apply to you is to believe in the one that Abraham saw and believed in. Isn't and that Romans where Paul is saying, I, I, I pray that my brothers the Jews would believe for theirs are the patriarchs. Yeah. Romans 9, the right. first five verses, uh, Tanya, are a great place. This was Paul's heart. He was willing to give up his place in heaven if only his brothers the Jews would believe and you have so much in common with um, with with your neighbors uh, because you know you have the same foundation Um, God calling out to Abram who would become Abraham Um, so you and, and, and of course keep praying for him but don't worry about what people think the time is short thank you Tanya got it thank you love you guys love you too honey bye bye Okay, so here's another because you say so. Remember when the, the man who was born blind? Here, here's for Tanya. I okay. pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith so you have a full understanding <laughs> of every good thing that we have in Christ. That's Philemon, yep. verse 6. Verse 6. We need to do that because he said so. Yeah. Okay, Paul. That, no, was, yeah, that, was, that was awesome, <laughs> Pastor Ron. Thank you for adding it to my show. Uh, but the man who was born uh, blind... You know, the the people came and said, you know, Rabbi, who sinned, uh, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Here's the key. And he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. Well, if the guy wouldn't have gone, but he went because Jesus said so. So he went and washed and came back seeing. You see, that's the thing. If we would just hear what God says, and because he said so, if we'd be obedient to that, we'll come back seeing. Now, we may not be physically blind, but if we will just give ourselves to him, he will open our eyes, enlightening us to his will, his way. And we, too, will be able to see um, and maybe be, and not maybe, but will be delivered from this darkness in this world. Jesus came, as you say, a lot of times. Jesus came not to save us from Roman rule in, in Bible times, but he came to save us from us. 
you know, we don't see our own darkness so much of the time, you know, because it's easy for me to look out and see what other people are doing wrong. But the Lord wants me to go and wash in that pool, open my eyes so my heart will be clean so that I can come back seeing. Okay. Because you said so. Because and you know when when Peter um, was told by the Lord to throw the the net on the other side of the boat, <laughs> when Peter would would automatically think, "Look, Lord, I'm the fisherman. You're the preacher. Yeah, do what you, you do, do miracles. Yeah, you do your thing, and mm-hmm. I'll do my thing. That's right. But 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 Peter had that moment. But because you said so, yeah, and he did it, and it was the greatest catch of his life. Yeah. Um, Obedience is one of my favorite things to talk about because when we disobey the Lord, um, we're, we're setting ourselves up for failure. We're setting our family members, the people that we love, um, uh, up for, for being attacked by the enemy, for pain in their lives. All we have to do is obey. And, and we all can do that. Yeah. We can follow instructions, mm-hmm. but we don't. Yeah. Um, that's a good segue into my next thing I was going to talk oh, about, Pastor Rock. We could, you know, we could go on forever with... It's almost like we rehearsed this. You know? <laughs> but we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. But, um, you know, we could go on with all kinds of, because you said so, you know, don't be unequally yoked. Um, don't have unwholesome talk. Flee from sexual immorality. Yeah, there's a, a bunch of them, you know, right, training up your child in the way he should go, you know, the, all those things. But last night, as you were teaching in First Samuel, um, you were saying, you know, um, getting right with God so that we can prevail and overcome and grow in him. And as you were talking about um, husbands and fathers not... Um, setting the right example in their families um and you didn't say this but last night as uh, we were getting we were going to bed i said i think what you almost said last night pastor ron was um attitude reflect leadership gap you know <laughs> um if you want to explain that <laughs> that's just a, a great line from the movie um remember the titans i think so yeah no not remember the facing titans. the giants facing no maybe that's what remember the titans it was a good football movie. Yeah, it, it was the yeah mm-hmm. the segregated the, the segregation yeah. movie. Yeah, but yeah, you were saying you know when uh, leaders in particular um, give into their feelings and backslide into sin, the people watching them follow suit. You know, and, and it, down the road sometimes um, because the 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 consequences happen sometimes later. You know, the kids will turn around or whoever's been watching all these years will say, well, you can't tell me anything. You've been doing this for a long time. And so when you're not a good example uh, to follow in order to um, get right and and stay right with God, we've got to confess that it's our fault. Hmm. Um, And so you were saying that the three ways to be able to overcome and grow was first thing um, was to accept personal responsibility without any excuses. Yeah, that's hard for us, for, especially as men. And, and, and the backdrop of this is David, um, uh, he's wasted 16 months in the territory of the enemy, a place he shouldn't have been, uh, a place he only went to because um, he started thinking to himself. Mm-hmm. In other words, this is what I want to do. I'm going to take the easy way out. I need a, a break from this relentless uh, pursuit mm-hmm. of Saul. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so he took the easy way out. And for 16 months, it appeared as though he'd done a good thing. Where we have rest, we go out raiding, we do the things that we do. But but uh, Saul doesn't know where I am. He's certainly not going to find me here. And so I can almost imagine David taking this deep breath like, oh, I'm finally out of his shadow and I'm safe for a time. Mm-hmm. But for 16 months, he was away from his people. He was away from God mm-hmm. on his own. And 16 months goes by and we th- sometimes think that we've we've missed... The consequence, oh, God must have been okay with that because after all, everything is fine. But there's always consequences to disobedience. And and the application that I, I tied that into uh, that you're speaking of is that when we men who are supposed to be leaders in our homes um, take the easy way out, when we do what seems right to us, 
the consequences often come to our families. Mm-hmm. And then we have to sit on the sidelines saying, what's happening is my fault. Mm-hmm. In David's case, they got back to Ziklag and, and, and uh, th- their wives and children had been taken by uh, another enemy, the Amalekites. And um, David had to look at the grief in the men's hearts he had to listen to them crying. He had to, to, to understand they were thinking of stoning him. Mm-hmm. And he would say, you know, I deserve this. And he would be crying out, God, what can I do? And, and God's answer was, get right. Go get him. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. So God delivered him from the trouble. Psalm 34 is, is how we began mm-hmm. the message. The Lord delivers a righteous man out of all of his many troubles. Um, but, but first we have to be brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's accepting personal responsibility. And too many times we men try to skate through the consequences without saying to people, it's our fault. And another application I made in marriage, um, you know, we've got families that divorce in church and and, and, and they they yell at one another, say terrible things about one another, all in the hearing of their children. Mm -hmm. And and you, you just wonder, what kind of Christians if at all, are those kids going to be because of the example that was set. And a lot of times the consequences for our disobedience as men and as women of God in the home, the consequences come when our children walk away from God, when they go to college or they get a job because, well, after all, Jesus wasn't uh, a source of comfort in my home. And and so leadership, there's much is given, much is required. And and we have to accept personal responsibility. This is my fault. And one of the things I said to, to our church last night was, um, um, if you're a Christian and you haven't been doing your part in the home, man or woman, mm-hmm. accept responsibility. Repent of your sin and tell the people that you've offended, the people you've sinned against, that that I've done wrong. Not because you made me do it, not because, well, you know, things haven't been going well. I've been under a lot of stress. But just say, I blew it. David did that. And, of course, we're going to study next time the rescue was complete. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that, too, Pastor Ron. But, you know, sometimes uh, people will confess that, you know, they've messed up. And uh, we should all understand that, you know, and be okay with that. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about confessing, yes, asking for uh, forgiveness, yes, but then changing the behavior. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing virtuous about just saying, yeah, I was wrong, God. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not really repentant unless you, you change, and accepting personal responsibility um, demands a change in behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paula, you know that when I finally became a Christian, um, and I don't know what the time frame was, but it was very shortly after I gave my heart to Jesus. I sat our whole family down and we didn't have family meetings, but um, um, I sat with you and our teenage boys, 18 and 16 mm-hmm. at the time. And I said, uh, um, I've become a Christian. I've given my heart to Jesus Christ. And, and boys, Paula, I need you to know that everything I've ever taught you is wrong. I don't know what's right yet. But as soon as I find out, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. But everything I've taught you is wrong. And I asked you to forgive me. Um, none of that would have been anything if two weeks later I reverted to the old Ron. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what accepting personal responsibility is. If your marriage in this audience, and we know there's a lot of uh, uh, men and women who, who are going through difficult times in this program based on the questions that we get. Mm-hmm. If, if your marriage isn't one that honors the Lord, accept your responsibility for your part of it. And don't play games with, well, he said or she said, but instead, just between you and Jesus, look at your husband or look at your wife and say, I have misrepresented God, and I'm sorry, and I'm going to change, mm-hmm. and I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. Mm-hmm. And then change, mm-hmm. without excuse, change, mm-hmm. and when you do that, uh, then you'll see God do some miracles in your home. Yeah, yeah. and I always tell the ladies, you know, you change, and 
expecting nothing in return because what happens a lot of times too is we'll change and then we expect the other person to change in the timetable that we have. But uh, we, I, I've been I've been good for two weeks and nothing's come of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so our motive has to be um, because we love Jesus. Because he said so. Because he said so. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, and so, David, oh, the second part of um, the, of the three of uh, getting right and staying right with God that we can prevail and overcome and grow is once we've confessed, we cry out to God for mercy because there are going to be consequences. Um, and the sooner you confess and repent, of course, the the quicker things can start to become better. Um, and so don't be afraid to cry out to God for mercy and right away so that things can get better quicker. And then the third one is to obey the path God has for you. You know, and Without regard for what anybody else is doing mm-hmm. or what they, what how they, they respond or what they might think. Yeah, like with Tanya, yeah. you share Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's, your, that's, that's what you're called to do. Be active in sharing your faith so that you will know every good. No, God, God has called us to obedience. He hasn't called us to happiness. He hasn't promised that people are going to respond the way we want. Mm-hmm. But part of our problem in our culture, Paul, is that we look out at others and, and we're like um, Peter when uh, Jesus restored him. Um, you know, this is how you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what about him? Yeah. Well, well, too often, okay, I want to get right with God, but what about him or what about her? What are you going to do to fix this? Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to ask God for mercy and our consequences. Things take a long time to mess up. And while God can fix things very quickly, it requires obedient people. Yeah. Um, and, and we live through the consequences. Mm-hmm. People don't trust us when we keep messing up. Yeah. So we, we just say, now watch me. Yeah. Watch my life. Things are going to be different. Mm-hmm. And I hope that makes sense to you. Hey, we're we're almost uh, ready for the music to come on in okay. the program. Okay. Uh, you know, I was thinking the the best Christmas could be if if we would all take these three things to heart. And, and, you know, not, not a New Year's resolution thing at all. No, this is something we can give from our heart to Jesus. And you know what else? It wouldn't cost you any money. Wouldn't cost a dime, <laughs> would it? Hey, thanks for tuning in today. You've been listening to the date day edition of the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And we love the fact that you tune in every day. Yeah, God bless you guys. See you tomorrow. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.